A quick reaction can make all the difference. Learn signs of stroke and call 911 immediately if something seems off with someone you love. Visit strokeawareness.com. Sponsored by Genentech and NAEMT. Well, good morning and welcome to Saturday in the studio. I'm Tom King. Merle Kelch is off today, but we are joined by attorney Alan Haugam, Haugam Law Firm here in Wausau, who pinch hits for Merle on more than one occasion during the year. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Tom. How are you today? Hanging in there. We've got, of course, the big Packer game coming up tonight. Uh, Packer game day begins at 5 o'clock right here. I see you have your Packer hoodie on. You're all set. Oh, yeah. It's uh, almost down to the socks, Tom. Okay. All right. Well, good. I didn't need to know all that, but all right. The uh, Packer game, yeah, right here at 5 o'clock uh, with the Packer pregame show. Um, normally when you're on the show, we talk about uh, planning and setting up your retirement accounts and things and protecting them, uh, but we haven't really talked much lately about long-term care, nursing home care, and how much it costs and what can be uh, covered, what can't be covered, what can be uh Hidden is not the right word, but what can be protected from nursing homes and, and things like that? And you had an example that you wanted to start with today. And, folks, the phone lines are open. If you have a question about long-term care, if you have a question about uh, preparing your estate, if you have a question about anything regarding uh, Anything law, regarding the law, Tom. <laughs> I am here today. All right. 715-845-2155. We always say that because Alan did go to law school, and despite specializing in what he specializes in, you still had to pass all of the other uh, lawyer classes, right? Yeah, it is. They give you a degree, and uh, and you're in a degree, I should say, uh, with honors, Tom. Do you believe that? Wow. What, what, was the toughest, what was the toughest class that you took in law school? You know, I think uh, there were a couple. The uh, Like some of the fun classes were really the constitutional law. When you really t- come back from, you know, Marbury versus Madison, you know, people have heard that. Some people have heard that. But, it, it, you know, that comes back from 240 years ago and how that still shapes, literally shapes how we decide uh, uh, legal precedent today, you know, cases that really affect people and, and, and what your rights are and why we're America and, and why that's different than other places in the world. Um, and it really goes back. It is, it's, it's fascinating and it's, it's amazing. It really is. And I don't use the word amazing too often, seems but, like, but seems I think like that one is. We're going to have some of those cases uh, being decided here in the uh, near future. You know what, and we may. And, and I think that's part of it. It's part of the evolution of it. There's some cases we agree with, some we don't. Uh, but I think we respect the process. Uh, so that one I would say was, was fascinating and difficult, very difficult. Uh, but the the procedure ones where, you know, it, it's it's who can say what and what what do you have to file with the court in what order to do all of those things. Some of that was tedious. And I think um, we'll we'll leave that to the litigators. So if uh, if you've been sued recently, I don't know what to do. So uh, but we know people <laughs> okay. who do. All so, right. Uh, yes. Let us know. Yes. But we'll, we'll try some other questions today. All right. You want to talk about uh, long term care insurance, long term care right. costs and things like that. You know, and I think where this comes from, Tom, is, uh, you know, we, we go back and the state uh, tells us what the, the average cost of actual long term care is. And, and they usually use nursing home care as the example. Now, assisted living is a little bit less. But for true nursing home care, Wisconsin says that the average cost is about is a little over ninety three hundred dollars a month for the room and board, just the room and board for an actual skilled nursing facility, a nursing home, and and, and you're not say, getting lobster and steak. No, <laughs> that is that is literally you know cinder block painted cinder block walls and the bed, and you say ninety three hundred dollars. You know that that can't possibly be right. And we'll we'll talk to people and we'll say no, it's it's actually not right. You know most of the state and there's a reason for it. Wisconsin actually uses old numbers, so when they publish the number. So there's one for 2022 that says it's a little over 9,300. And then Wisconsin says we use that number uh, or we calculate that based on costs from a couple of years ago. 
So almost by definition, they're saying those are out of date when they tell them to you. But but the actual cost that we see probably starts in about the mid tens. You know, uh, you know the the mid ten thousand. You know, at three hundred and fifty dollars a day just for the room and board, just for the bed a and month. the meals. So three hundred fifty dollars a day, so oh, about ten thousand yeah, five hundred a month, a month yeah. okay. just for the room and board part. Now medication is extra, and 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 equipment is extra, and therapy is extra, and there's all the all the add-ons to that. But I would say that's where it starts. It's it's an unbelievable amount of money, and obviously, you know, this is one that just wipes out people's life savings. If you need, and I think we want to be also be be careful to um, let people know that you take all of this with a grain of salt in that if anyone ever needs long-term care or nursing home care for one month, they do not come and take your house and your life savings. That's not how it works. Um, what happens is that that, that 10500 or eleven or 12 it, it's relentless. Like It just keeps coming, and there's, you just can't stop it. And all of a sudden you say, well, that's $120,000 a year. It's $130,000 a year after tax. You know, and and it's it's very common to see people spend all the way down to just about zero. So you say, what can you do? And obviously, we talk on this program a lot about the the planning ahead of time. Make sure you have things in a row. If you're a young couple, have your will. You know, if you if you have a couple of assets in the 401k and the house is half paid off, make sure you you know consider what a trust does. How do you protect the kids? All those things. But we do talk to people who think it's too late, and they say, well, it is too late. And, and we've had some, and, and there's one that, uh, that kind of stuck in my mind, I got reminded of this week, um, where we had someone that came in, and we've talked about some, some examples on the show, and obviously we never use names and, and, or anything like that. Um, we've even had some, some clients who said, you can use my name. And they, they said, here's a letter that they write to us and say, you can use my name publicly, and we still don't. Obviously, there's attorney-client privilege and, and all of those things. So, so, but, but we had a, a person who came in who had a spouse, who had a husband who needed long-term care, but had needed long-term care, I think, for a couple of years. I think it was about two years. And this happened a little while ago. Uh, and, and came in and just said, you know, that, that I, want, uh, I want you to talk to, you know, someone else in my family so that this doesn't happen because they were paying, you know, whatever that equivalent was of the ten or $11,000 a month, just month after month after month. And, and obviously they said, well, it's too late for me, but you can help my friend. So, and, and I said, well, what do you mean it's too late for you? Well, this was a, a kind of a homemaker spouse. Um, so her husband was the breadwinner in, in this particular uh, couple, and uh, she was the homemaker. And had lived, by all accounts, a you know, long, happy, uh, healthy marriage, all of those things. And suddenly he was needing this long-term care. And it was one of those things where it was going to go on for a long period of time. You know, there are certain things where long-term care, you can just kind of see, and the doctors will tell you, that, that this person is, is physically... Uh, you know, their heart's strong, but but they're going to need long-term care. They're going to need nursing home care for a long time. And this, you know, in today's dollars, $120,000, $130,000 a year is just going to continue. And and they had, I think, about a $170,000 house and about $250,000 of retirement accounts in his name, in the husband's name. And she said, well, I've, I've gone, you know, all the people have already told me I can't do anything. I never got to you before. Um you know, but uh, through this process, we have just kind of seen the just the grind, the financial grind of, of the toll this takes and said, well, you know, I've got my hundred and seventy thousand dollar house. But obviously there's a process where the state puts a lien on your house. Um, and and, you know, so they'll never kick a spouse out. But they just you know, there's an, a lien or basically a nursing home lien that they put on the house that says whenever the spouse leaves or whenever the spouse eventually needs their own long term care or passes away, you know, the state just 
uh, exercises a lien and has a right to the house. And then the, all the retirement accounts are in his name. He's in a nursing home. It's a $250,000 IRA. All the accounts are in his name. So we're really just paying this, and, and she's just dreading. She says it is just going down and down and down, and even so. She says, i got a couple of years left, but he's going to live longer than that, and it is just going to take me to zero. And she is, you know, she's going to get into that part of the state code that, that is literally labeled spousal impoverishment. Of all the crazy things to name a, a, a section of our, our state laws, Tom, spousal impoverishment. It's well, horrendous. I was going to ask you the question, I mean, because most of the people listening, I would imagine, wouldn't be able to handle more than a year or two of that kind of financial Correct. draining. What happens then? Do they push the beds out on the side of the road? No. Oh, that's 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 where it gets better. That's where the, even this story goes. You know, to, for this lady to have a $250,000 IRA, you know, a year and a half or two years into his nursing home stay was still, you know, incredible. But obviously it had been much more than that. But it was just, everything's just strained. And she said, well, I know where this is headed. I can do the math. I have a calculator. And she's, I think she had, she had a pretty good idea how many months it was going to last. And she was just dreading it. It was like, it, it almost gets you in a position where he's living too long. Maybe the as Vikings had it right sounds. where they put, put their elders out <laughs> on ice floes and sent them off to Valhalla. It is. You know, it, it, sometimes you think about it. So it, it's, you get torn. It, and you really get torn where, you, like, you have the eternal love for this person that you've spent your entire life with, your entire adult life with. But... But that person is also draining your ability to live, uh, um, you know, with with any kind of dignity because all of the money is drained down to just about nothing. And all of a sudden we talked to her and I said, well, wait a minute. Well, why don't we just we can keep your stuff. And she's like, well, what do you mean? I said, well, we can protect all of that house. We can protect all of the IRA. She's like, no, the IRA is in his name. She's not my name. It's his name. And I said, yeah, but we can protect that. And she's like, well, no, but no, no, no. I've talked to everyone like. The, the, the facility, the nursing home told me uh, they have a, they had a social worker there, I think, on this particular place. Uh, it wasn't in our area. It was in Wisconsin, but it wasn't our area. And, and she just said, well, there's nothing I can do. There's nothing. And they told me there's nothing I can do. It's just going to drain me down, I think, until I get to about $52,000, and then eventually they take that too. And I said, oh, no, no, we can protect all of this for you. She said, but my husband's been in a nursing home almost two years. So we're into this. We didn't do it ahead of time. We never signed things back when we were both healthy enough to sign we never signed anything prior to him needing nursing home care. He's been in there about a year and a half or two years. So this is like, we, we are just destined. Like, this is just draining down. And I said, that's not the way the rules work. They're difficult, you know, and you need someone to translate them. And, and we will certainly help your friend. You know, the reason, or the, I think it was a family member, the reason that she was there in the first place was to kind of refer this family member to not be in this position. But I said, there's things we can do. And we did. We protected her, the entire retirement account for her. And really what ends up happening is you get into a couple of choices, and really it's the same choice for her, is that she didn't realize this, but she can protect all of that. She can protect 100% of those dollars for her. Now, she was in a unique situation as to where, where it was set up, but, but so she doesn't have to lose all of her, basically her financial dignity, even after he's in a nursing home. And it, it was, it's one of those where people don't understand those rules. It's not as good as if they had done it ahead of time. Well, let me ask but. you this, that going back to what the facility was telling her, that there was nothing she was could do, that she was going to lose everything. Now, obviously, these places are for-profit mm -hmm. centers, Correct. and we go back to the old argument of whether any form of health care should be for-profit in this country, <laughs> or should we go like every other civilized country in the world and have universal health care? Uh, and that's an argument for another it's day. But, but, for in, another show. but yeah. in this case, I mean... A for-profit entity, and I understand they're—they need the money to keep operating. There's the motivation, right? Yep. But 
if they were giving her false information in order to protect themselves, that's not right either. Well, I think it's it's one where if you said, were they actively seeking her out and then um, uh, uh, telling her things that led her down the wrong path, I would say, we're not going to go that far. I think it would be more of almost um, an omission, like just saying whether they understand it or not. And I think you have you run into some of the professionals that, you know, it's it's follow the money. You know, it's it's what butters their bread. And if if just not giving her extra information helped their bottom line, well, then they're just not going to go the extra mile and give her that information. Um, so even if they don't actively send her to someone who is going to give her true, just plain falsehoods, it's one where sometimes they, you know, people in those positions understand there are things you could do, but we're just not going to go overtime here on, on making sure they know that. Or um, some, some of them truly just don't know. I mean, you, we do have some folks who they, they just haven't been on the job long enough. Well, can, they just don't well, understand. I, can, I mean, I can see supervisors okay. telling those people. You just you, put the blinders on. Yeah, we're not doing this. I mean, we yep. can't. We're not. Yeah. And I think you have both. So so I always I, I hope that it's the it's the maybe they just didn't understand or maybe they didn't get because, you know, you do have other places where, um, you know, in that kind of a facility, their job might be in jeopardy. And and we have had some where they say, look, you know, Joni pulled me aside. She said, I can't tell you this and I don't know this, but here's a phone number. Call them. And, and that was your phone number, uh, you know, Mr. Haugam. Uh, so I'm not sure what she was talking about, but uh, um, I can't tell you who told me. But, you know, and it's, it's all those things. And it is one of those where. It just is. It's such a bizarre system. And the rule book for this is, you know, it's. I always tell people when we print it out, it's wider than I can spread my fingers. We had a, an update recently. Well, recently. It was in the fall. Um, but the summary of the updates to the rules, I believe, was 138 pages. And you say, who could possibly keep up with this? See, you're being you too nice when you say when you say it's bizarre. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. The way we deliver health care and long-term care in this country is ridiculous. From a professional point of view, I— it is, um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of, like, you know, judicious words to say. But <laughs> You don't have to, come on. But it is one. It's kind of counter, it, it's counterproductive to, to giving people, yeah, yeah to I giving guess. people understand and information and helping them. It, it really is. Um, and you just don't want to be on the end of that pointy sword. So you say, what's the, you know, how do, how do you deal with it? Well, it's information. I think it's information for this woman had no idea. Well, that, that was the difference between hundreds of thousands of dollars of what she was going to live on in retirement and really her quality of life. Uh, and, and you say, well, okay, but if she passes away, she might say, okay, whatever's left when I pass away, then, you know, just give it back to the state or the facility or whatever we want to do. Uh, or she might say, no, can I give a couple dollars? Can I keep the hunting land for the kids and give all the money to the state or the nursing home or whatever it is? You can do all those things, but I think it's all about information ahead of time. We're going to take a break here. If you have a question for Alan, give us a call. We'll be right back on WSAU. The following is made possible by Dad. Why was the basketball court all wet? WSAU.com. And we're back here in the studio. I'm Tom King along with Alan Haugam, attorney at law here in Wausau. To take your question, 715-845-2155 is the number to call. So... You mentioned before the break uh, someone who had not done any preparation work to protect their assets from long-term care. Right. And uh, you said that there were still some steps you could take to do that. I mean, obviously, I think we're told not only by the nursing homes, but uh, but, but the media and everybody else that you the talk state. to. Yeah. yeah, that, that one, if you haven't prepared for this, then you're basically out of luck. You can't, yeah. So I, I would say it, it is one where— um, it's difficult to get that message out. You know, at some point I'm like, 
do I just put like a TV commercial or a radio commercial or a billboard or whatever it is? It's uh, maybe Tom will new sponsor for the uh, you know six a.m. to eight a.m. Uh, block. There you go. But the you know it's one where just to because we we get so many people who who tell us like even on the third go round they're like no 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 you can't do that I'm like this is what we do this is what I do for a living they say well no but you can't do that because I read the rules you're like and say believe it's like, me it's like when people go on the internet to uh, to solve their medical problems and they right. go tell a doctor what they have I mean people are coming in to tell you what the law is. right and and, and now but but it is this is the level of I would say. And I don't want to say misinformation that someone is actively well. I don't know what it is, but it's 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 just not enough information to make an informed choice. And just to say, if you took all of the rules in this the handbook about how you can deal with the finances part of paying for nursing home care, that rule book, if you print it on paper, is so thick you put it into two ring binders that you know you you, could, you can't even carry. That. What, what generally happens is if someone needs long-term care or nursing home care, that gets distilled down to about six bullet points. And, and the, the facility will say, okay, Mrs. Johnson, uh, here's the way it works. Uh, your, the, the retirement account that's in your husband's name, we get that. So that's, there's nothing to do. That They're just going to drain that thing right down. And that's a lie when you come right down to well, it. Well, I would say that's the first line in uh, the, the, you know, the, the Chapter 17 of the the, the nursing home Medicaid eligibility handbook. That's the first line. And then there's 16 pages of exceptions and, and ways you can deal with that. So the first line is true. But you say no one ever goes past that because that's the one bullet point they pull onto this cover page. Yeah, yeah. And you say, well, wait a minute. And then if so, if someone says, well, can I keep it? No. Well, that's true. That's the first line. But is there anything you could do about it? Oh, sure. Well, well there's three different ways, Mrs. Johnson, that you could keep Mr. Johnson's retirement account for you, and you say, "Oh, this makes sense." The uh, so let's explore those. Do I want to? I well, I'll leave it up to you. I always tell people it doesn't matter to me. They'll say, "What do you recommend?" Like I recommend that you understand all the rules. I, I really do. The more information you can make an informed choice, but just make sure you know all the rules from someone who is not billing you eleven thousand yeah, dollars a month yeah, 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 for yeah. this care. Uh -huh. So it's it's uh, to me it doesn't matter. And I always tell everyone that they they kind of look at me sideways and they go, "What do you mean you don't care?" I'm like, well, professionally, I just want you to understand the rules. And then from there, you let me know what your goals are. And if your goal is to keep more money for you so that you can pay the bills and make sure you still heat the house or maybe stay living in the house um, through, you know, through the rest of your retirement. Um, and and just, just you don't have to worry about this financial side of it. That we can do. Some other folks say, well, that's great. But to, to be honest, I don't care about the money. I don't care about the money. I want to make sure I have it. But when I pass away, they can take it all. Okay. That's your goal. Then we will figure that out. Then that's okay. Other people say, well, I don't care about the money, but I really want to make sure that the 80 acres that my, my family has hunted on for three generations stays with the, the kids and the grandkids who use it. I say, great, that we can, we can accomplish. Um, or, and other people, they say, I want to figure out what is the, what's the math on how can I protect the absolute most dollar amount for money, house, hunting land, cottage. Um, so, okay. So let's figure that part out too. And some of it would depend on, um, we'll just do the, the, the work to protect it while one spouse needs long-term care. That we can do. And if you don't care where it goes when the second spouse needs long-term care or the second spouse eventually passes away, well, that's one way to do it. If you said, no, we want to keep it, we want to maximize, and, and we'll have folks that say, if, you know, do you have any idea? I paid taxes for 65 years. Yeah. I've been working since I was 12 and, uh, 
and, and I've, I filed a tax return every year since then, and I'm 87, and, you know, I have put so much, much tax money into this system. I want to, you know, you tell me how much can I keep legally, and, and it's, all, it's all the kind of thing where anything we do, we basically send it to the state and, and say, here's our math, you know, here's what we do, here's what it is, just confirm it. So far in my career, we're 100%, Tom, so uh, I'm only, I don't know, 22, 23 years into this, so we're 100% so far, but, but knock on wood. I'm going back to the, uh, the line that you said, you actually have people coming into your office saying, I don't care about the money. I don't We've, care about the money. Yeah, and, and some of it, they just want to make sure that they don't lose their house. They just say, I want to live in this house, and, and there are some folks, now that doesn't happen nearly as often as the other way, Tom, but I would say that is, we have heard that. So... And Sounds I, like a me, professional athlete saying he doesn't care about right. the money. Like, <laughs> you don't hear it too often. Yeah, yeah. But it is one where we used to have a list of goals, and I, I pull it out, and I put it right on top, and I say, let's start with, what are your goals? What do you want to accomplish? And, and then we'll go through what you can accomplish, what I think you can do, um, and then we'll put it in writing. All right, we're going to talk about some preparations that you can take with someone like Alan to uh, prepare for these eventualities when we come back. We've had a news break coming up. We'll be back after this. Phone lines are open, 715-845-2155. We'll be right back. to get to the truth on WSAU. We're back here in the studio. I'm Tom King along with Alan Haugam, attorney at law. Phone lines are open, 715-845-2155. All right, so someone doesn't have anything prepared. They're in their, say, 40s, yep. uh, and uh, they want to start thinking about what's going to happen when they're in their 60s, 70s, or 80s. Uh, there are people that think that far ahead, unlike me. Um, <laughs> but uh, what, what, do they, what, what questions should they ask you, or what, uh, what questions do you ask them before you start putting something together? I think part of it is, you know, you think ahead of time, what are you trying to do? Who you're trying to uh, uh, take care of? And if you say, well, if something happens to me, I'm gone. I don't even care about this stuff. Well, that's pretty easy. If you say, no, I'm married. Great. Or I have children or I have assets. Or I think you just kind of start to say, if something happened to you and you just went away tomorrow or on the ride home tonight, something happened, then do you know where the stuff goes and, and how people are treated? And would you like that to improve? And, and how do we do it? All right, before we get deeper into that, we have a phone call. Let's go to the phone this morning. Good morning. Who are we talking to? Brian. You're on with Alan and Brian. Go ahead. Good morning, Brian. Good morning. Uh, I was just wondering, with uh, uh, dispersing your assets to your kids or whatever, uh, and then ending up needing nursing home care or whatever you say, there's, I, I believe, a five-year look back. And I'm wondering if that, that and if you've given a bunch of money or whatever to the kids, they'd have to pay it back. Uh, to the state, and I'm just wondering if that would apply if you gave it to a your church or a 501c3 organization, if they, uh, if that same type stuff applies, same rules apply. Nope, good question. And, and this is one, uh, Brian, it's it's uh, timely because I literally got this question yesterday um, oh. from someone. Uh, it who... wasn't from me. <laughs> no, no, so it was, uh... <laughs> but, but what happens is, so if, if you give things to anyone, now we'll, we'll pick on children because I would say that is, that's primarily where it goes, but it could be anyone. It doesn't, doesn't have to be someone with children, but, it, but if parents give things to kids with the intent of saying, I'm, I'm worried if I ever need long-term care, that uh, I'll have these things. It's like the lady I talked about before. She thinks she's just going to lose everything, and over a long period of time, she would. So you say, well, what could I give to kids? And now there is a difference. The state actually treats uh, different recipients differently a little bit, and they treat different assets differently. So we'll start with just cash. If you just give cash. For parents, uh, we give cash to kids, and 
you know, it's just checking account money. It doesn't have to be like, you know, greenbacks that you pulled out of your pocket, but, but just checking account money, CD in the bank. They give $100,000 to the kids. The state says that starts a five-year clock. Now, there are a series. So if someone says, well, we got a five-year rule in Wisconsin. Well, we actually have a, a multiple. We have at least three different five-year rules. And they just, every one of them has a five-year time period. So you, you kind of, you're a little careful with the terminology. But what happens is if you give money to kids and at any point in the next five years, to the day in the next five years, that either parent needs long-term care and they go into a facility and, and they say, well, I need long-term care. Um, they're going to be there. This is where that facility, a little bit what Tom and I were talking about in the beginning, the facility uh, files some paperwork and they say, uh, the facility often says, oh, don't worry, we'll do this paperwork for you for free. Don't worry. I mean, it's a ta- we'll take care. You got other things going on. We'll do all this for free. No problem. Uh, just sign this form. Um, we, we believe this is your social security number. Is that, that right? That sounds Mr. like Johnson? a really bad idea. Just, uh, that's the way it works. And, and that yeah, is what happens. And people are going to be encountering that, that meeting probably today, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. This is going to happen every single day. So uh, what happens is they, they sign that form. And from that day, then they, they take a look back, and, and there's some adjustments to it. There's a little bit of an adjustment as to which day you were admitted to the hospital prior to needing nursing home care. In other cases, there is an adjustment for which day you actually started the nursing home care stay. So there's, there's a couple of adjustments for the, for the professionals who are listening to this, and they know what I'm talking about. But, but when that starts and you sign that form, then the state says, okay, from five years going back, did you give anything to kids or did you give anything away? And, and they have a right to basically take a look at your checkbook register. And, and you have to tell them the truth. And I say, always, always, always tell them the truth. We'll have people who say, well, hey, I can just put it in cash and put it under my mattress and uh, I'll hand it to the kid on the sly and uh, we'll put it in a big envelope and we're not going to tell anybody. Like, no, don't do that. Tell people the truth. Follow the rules. Play by the rules. Uh, but, but the state says, okay, you gave $100,000 to your kids uh, three and a half years ago or four years ago or four years and eight months ago or whatever it is. And the state says, because we have signed this and your, your five-year look-back period has been engaged, now there is going to be a penalty period going forward that starts today. And you say, wait a minute, starts today? And, and what the state says is you have to, now keep in mind, Brian, you have to spend all of the other money that you have. So this penalty period is kind of hanging over your head. And now once all of your money is gone, everything else is gone, then they start that five-year time period or that five-year penalty going forward. And you say, wait a minute. So you've been kind of holding this five-year penalty over our head. All of the money is gone, and now we're going to start going forward? What does that mean? Well, the state says it means we get the money back. One way or another, you got to figure it out. So healthy spouse, you got to get it? it back from your kids. Even though it's been three and a half years, it's not prorated or anything? Correct. All of oh, that's it. Now, that's the change. Now, people said, well, we used to have this three-year rule, and it was prorated. That's true for everything that happened prior to 2009. We had a three-year rule that was prorated. Starting in 2009, we have a series of five-year rules, and they are not prorated. So it's five years looking back plus five years going forward. We went from a three-year rule to a 10-year time period, and they say yes. And then the state says, but that's not all. <laughs> Since then, we've extended the time period, or we've taken the maximum off of this penalty period. So they can look five years back and penalize you an additional five years going forward. They can look five years back and penalize you seven years forward. They can look five years back and penalize you 10 years forward, 15 years, 20 years. And you go, this is nuts. This, this cannot be. Um, 
it, 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 just, it just can't be the way this works. And they go, yeah, hey, look, you signed that piece of paper. I mean, you went in, you signed it. So I always tell people anytime anyone needs long-term care, I always just tell people to call call our office, call Cat. Cat will do the, the math for you for free and just say, uh, thing, lawyers doing it for free. Don't don't spread the word or anything. <laughs> is it is it worth is it worth taking someone like you to the nursing home when you're checking in and and when they tell you to start signing these papers to have you be the, your, uh, the representative for the you person? You could, yeah, you could, and, and we've uh, uh, we've had situations where I think that probably would be a, a good idea. I think at the very least it would just be don't sign it, you know. And if they say, well, you have to sign it, say that's fine, I'll sign it, but just. Let me take it home and read it, and I'll come back and sign it. Or, or you know, and then bring it to our office, and we'll just take a look at it, and that's fine. I mean, it's just, you know, you just need someone to understand this. And and the people you're dealing with are not bad people. Like we said, they're, I think they're fine. They're, you know, they're married. They have kids. They go home at 5 o'clock, and they, they right. love, you know, they, they love their look, children, look too. Look at themselves in the mirror over what they're doing for it a is, living. I, I think know, what they, you do is you just kind of, you just say, I'm just, I'm just skipping that part, and I'm just going right on to this is my job, and this is how I, I'm employed for two more weeks and two more months, and I put food on the table. I have no problem with that. But I think no one's advocating for the spouse of the person who needs nursing home care or the children of the people who need nursing home care. And when we get them and you say, well, yeah, here's your, you know, they can look five years back, and all they can penalize you, you know, 17 years into the future. They go, well, that's everything. Well, that, that's literally everything. So now you get into that. If this person, this family member in the nursing home lives long enough, it will drain everything that they've ever had. And you go, that's the rule? There's no way around that? I'm like, no, there's tons of ways around that, but you just have to. That's where, Tom, we get back to what we're talking about in the beginning. You know, the the spouse who had the $250,000 IRA and the $170,000 house and thought it was too late. You know, anyone who's been in nursing home care already or for six months or a year or two years or there might be some some months in the future in front of them where they will continue this, I think everyone could, could benefit from just having those rules um, Understood. I think the takeaway, caller, is that you talk to somebody like Alan if you're thinking that any of this is going to be uh, come into play and, and, and set yeah. things up. Yeah, yeah. So the, the money given to a charity would also need to be paid back? That's the next part. So, Brian, there's a very limited exception for charities. Now, if you give it to people, like if someone says, hey, you know, we give $2,000 to our kids at every Christmas. Well, that's great. But if you did it within the last five years, that money's coming back. That whatever 2000 you gave to every kid for the last five years. Not for 10 years ago, not for five years and one day ago, but for five years. If you gave it to a charity, there's an exception when it gets to uh, somewhere in the order of about 15% of your gross annual income, and you have a pattern of giving. So I think where that comes in is they, they don't want the headline where it says, well, I give $10 a, you know, a week to the church, and now we're going to go, you know, do, do we, does that person have to go to the church and ask for their, you know, the money in the collection plate back? Uh, we don't. We don't want to get into that. Now, if the church has a building fund, and three years ago, one time you gave the church ten thousand dollars, yeah, that's that they're gonna you get a penalized for. Now, you're not gonna get it back from the church. So then the kids, the way this works, Brian, is the ki- the money might be gone. Parents have no money. There's a ten thousand dollar penalty. That money went to the church. The church you can't get it back from the church. So now the kids have to come up with their own money out of their pocket to make up for the parents give. I mean. It's, Oh, those are the things on. that happen. Oh, those man. really happen. Come on. That's absolutely 100%. And you say, this, this is crazy. This is. Where's Pat Schneider? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the call, Brian. I, I, this, this is really unconscionable. And if, if, well, if we have any legislators listening, these rules have to be changed. I mean, there's this is just. Good luck with that. This is, there's just. Well, think of another one, Tom. 
you know, and think of, of Brian. It's not, maybe it's not the church. Now, really, if you gave 10000 to the church a few years ago, all your other money's gone, and they say, we, we need 10000 from somewhere. I don't care where it comes from. We just need 10000 bucks. The other part is we've had people give things to kids, and what happens is, you know, parents give, they've got, uh, uh, you know, they gave uh, $300,000, and they said, we're just going to give it to our kids. Like, we have spent everything, 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 everything. We're down to that. We give $100,000 to the oldest kid, super uh, frugal, you know, they, they never spent it. They still have their, you know, first communion money and, uh, you know, they're just sharp, whatever it is. The next kid, oh, kind of like flails along and uh, spends it, you know, lives paycheck to paycheck. Third kid, total spends rift, you know, it's gone. Well, what happens? They give the, the money to those three kids and then they don't get five years ahead. They sign this form and all of a sudden the state says, well, we have a $300,000 penalty. Oldest kid, responsible kid says, well, you can have my 100000 back. I just kept it in the Kept in a savings account, earned a couple bucks worth of interest, but you always told me that in the next five years it might come back. Great. Second kid paid off their mortgage, but it's gone. They don't have $100,000. It's just not there. Third kid just blew it. I mean, that is vacations, and then they still have credit card debt up to their eyeballs. Well, the state says, we need $300,000 back. They got 100 from the oldest kid. Where's the other 200 coming from? And you say, well, I don't know. The, the, the youngest kid doesn't have it. The middle kid doesn't have it. The oldest kid... What do they do? They dip into their savings. I mean, these are the questions that you have. You're across the table from somebody, you know, and that's and you I say, mean, that's how the math works. It's just it is wrong. And, 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 you know, it comes down to this question that we hear all the time of whether or not health care in this country should be a right or should be a privilege. And, you know, there are there are those in positions of power who have come right out and said they believe that health care is a privilege and that you need to pay for that privilege. And it's just it's it. We, as I've said before many times, and I don't want to get on my soapbox too much here, but we are the only civilized country in the world that treats this this way. And some, sometimes we've got to look at it saying we are not exceptional in this case. We are just we are just uh, doing it differently than every other country in the world. And we're doing it wrong. Would you agree with that? Well, I would say from the outcomes that we see and from, I would say, the heart-wrenching outcomes we see, when, when you see just adults, grown adults, uh, just reduced to tears kind of in front of you, um, it's, it's hard for me to say that that's a perfect system. Yeah. All right. We can't. need to take a break here. We'll come back with more. If you have a question for Alan, give us a call. We'll be right back on WSAU. WSAU.com. And we're back here in the studio. I'm Tom King and joined today by attorney Alan Haugum, Haugum Law Firm in Wausau. We've got a few minutes left. If we want to sneak a phone call in here, give us a call, 715-845-2155. So what should people take away from all of this? What uh, what should they look to do uh, I think, to I th- avoid the, the, the horror stories we're talking about? Here? Yeah, I, I think it's, you know, as with anyone at any stage in life, you kind of take a look and you say, look, at, at you know younger ages, I want to make sure there's a place where my children will live if I pass away. And it, it, it as, as you kind of work your way through the next couple of decades, it's I want to make sure that the assets I've accumulated or the 401k goes to the right place and and we, we keep some tax. We didn't even talk about taxes, all the tax law changes. That, that really is a huge, huge uh, swing now that, that it wasn't two years ago. So all of those things, I think, still apply. As you get to the, the long-term care in the end, it is... I think the takeaway is that if anyone listening right now is in or knows someone or has a loved one in a facility, in an assisted living nursing home right now, it's not too late. There are things you can do to have a better financial system, and it's not as good as if you had done it the very first day someone needed long-term care. But it is a lot, lot better than not doing anything from today going forward. 
And it's easy to do. It's just one you just have to understand the rules or you have to talk to someone who understands the rules. For anyone who says, yeah, that's great, but we're not in a facility right now. Well, you then have the opportunity to pre-plan ahead of all of this stuff. And I think that's, Tom, if, if, uh, if the legislators ever said, hey, we're not changing these rules. That's the way it is. That's the way it works. We're just sticking with it. What they usually fall back on, the ones we've talked to, uh, even informally, have said, look, don't blame us. If you wanted to protect any of this stuff, you could. You just had to do it ahead of time. And then how much you protect depends on how far ahead of time you did it. If you managed to do it five years ahead of time, you can protect it all. So what are you blaming us for? So they kind of throw it back and say, go ahead and, and just do that planning ahead of time. So I guess if someone said, what's a perfect system? It's plan ahead of time when you're you're sure that you're young enough to have the next five years without needing any kind of long-term care, which obviously is not guaranteed for any of us. Um, but but realize, no matter what your age, you could be 70 or 80 or 90, and it's it's never too late. It's just it changes the time frame. All right, I'll tell you what. We've only got a couple of minutes left. I see the phones lighting up. Let's try to sneak one more call in. Good morning. Who are we talking to? This is Ron. Ron, quickly. Go morning, ahead. Ron. Hey, how about a trust? What if you put your property and home into a trust? Does that protect it from nursing homes? Yeah, Ron, and I think it depends on what type of trust. And in our office, we draft uh, more than 30 different kinds of trusts. And I would say if there's 30, if that's the real number, uh, there's probably 28 of them that would not do what, you're, what you think they're doing. But there's okay. two that would. So just make sure. So this is that is not something that you just Xerox off the Internet. And I don't think it's even where you say, hey, I'm just going to grab my uh, my neighbor, the trust lawyer, and we're just going to whip something up. I think talk to someone who does this every day. But, yes, if you do the correct type of trust, you can still it can still be same house. It's yours. You deal with it the same way, but you can protect it. So, yes, the answer. Okay. All right. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Well, we're just about out of time, and uh, I would imagine there are folks listening today that didn't know some of the stuff that, that, that you talked about today and would probably like to talk to you. So how can they go about doing that on Monday? Well, I would say we have a couple of different locations, Tom. We have our uh, world headquarters in Wausau, uh, kind of uh, here. We also have a location in Rhinelander with uh, uh, Greta is up there. So uh, I would say the, the phone number, the easiest way to call is kind of the main number is uh, area code 715-843-5001. 715-843-5001. Or on the Internet, lots of information there. It's at haugumlaw.com. H-O-U-G-U-M-L-A-W, haugumlaw.com. All right, we'll talk to you again down the road. Thanks, Tom. Have a great day. Go Packers. Yeah, go Pack Go. The Packers tonight taking on the 49ers from Lambeau Field, and the Packer game day begins right here at 5 on WSAU.